Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So it's myself and George today, and we're going to get into a little bit of a podcast that we've been wanting to do for a while, because obviously we did these when George was prepping, and I also did these in 2017 with, uh, with Vicky, and I feel like it's a nice addition to the podcast that I have with Lee and the podcast I have with, with other guests as well, just to sort of wrap up and discuss how things are going a little bit, and also just give people a little bit of content that's a bit more relaxed because you know, the podcasts that I've done recently have been amazing. They've been like such a great insight into people's journeys. And also there've been a lot of knowledge that's been shared, but I feel like sometimes people do like to just whack on a bit of bit of noise in, in the car and, and just have to like listen along a little bit rather than have to absorb. Does that make sense? Do you get what I mean, mate? Yeah, I get what you mean. I think I'm very similar like that, like the carbs and cast, uh, carbs and cast, I think they call it. The carbs I like, cast. Yeah, carbs cast, that's it. Yeah, I love that too. I like listening to that because it just, it makes me laugh. I have a bit of a chuckle here and there. Sometimes I like the like really informative stuff, but I think sometimes when I'm walking, I, I start thinking about other stuff Yeah. and I have to kind of play back what I was listening to because I wanted to listen to that important part and they've gone on to another topic and sometimes I just like people just waffling, you know, and... No, it's quite funny cracking a smile when you're walking down the street and uh, someone looks at you like, what's he doing? And you think, oh, I'm listening to podcasts, mate. Yeah, I agree with that. Stares, what are you looking at? Mm. Just listen to a podcast. <laughs> anyway, update us with yourself. Um, I, I can't remember last time we actually did one of these. Was you on prep? I don't think you was. Was it, was it the one that we did with Mr. Piad? Maybe it was the last one. Yeah, could have been. Could have yeah, been. I think I think it was because we were having we're starting to have guests on, weren't we? Mm. Um, and then the whole lockdown thing happened. I think actually I may have had coronavirus during that during that podcast because do you remember I felt like terrible and I had yeah. to take a good week off training and that was when I thought, okay, whatever's happening with this coronavirus thing, I'll probably be all right. I probably had it. Because, yeah, I, I, I just, like, lost all taste and felt like I had intense flu and cold symptoms. And then, like, for two weeks following that, I, I just had a persistent cough. So, um, but don't worry, I didn't go anywhere. I did, I did sort of isolate. I didn't train. And I, and I did, did follow the, the guidelines that would then follow. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I think that was the last time we discussed anything, mate. And, and since then, obviously, well, I think I started prep after that. Um, so it would have been 16 weeks so far that I've, I've been in a deficit. And I'm down over 20 pounds. So I started at 196 and I'm down to 172.8 at my, la- my, my lightest so far. Um, but my, my way in this morning was like 173.8. So the last two weeks have been, uh, interesting in terms of rate of loss, just because it's been a lot, lot faster. So for those that, that don't know, essentially I'm, um, I had a plan organized with Cuba to, to get back into the gym before July 4th, just because he wanted like us as training partners and us to get back into the routine of things. So we had a, a sort of a plan in place and that was going to involve me basically staying with him because that's the only way I could legally train with him. So 
that's the kind of plan that we, we put in place. So that's why I'm not training in the garage for a little bit. It's essentially just to make the prep as optimal, optimal as I can and to get myself back into a position where, you know, because the thing is, like, as much as the garage was really, really good and, and, I, and I kitted it out well, there's a fuse on that, on that training for me. I feel like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to retain as much muscle as I would be able to retain if, if I was back in the gym. So as soon as we got, like, a little bit more of a green light, which ultimately wasn't a green light, you know, which is a shame. But as soon as we got a little bit more of that green light, um, we sort of thought, okay, let's take the opportunity to to move move back into into normal training. So as a result of that, like the last two weeks of my calories hadn't changed, but I dropped aggressively. Like I mean, aggressively, I dropped two and a half pounds on average last week, and then I was down another two and a half pounds this week, and that was with um, sorry, the week before last week and then last week. And that was with having a couple of high days in there as well, um, trying to essentially slow down the rate of loss. And yeah, I mean, there are, there are multiple factors involved in that, but the main factor was the, you know, I was back into the gym and in mine and Cuba's sessions are long. You know what the sessions are like, don't you, George? Yeah, of course. You know, like we're talking two hours for a push day, talking three hours for a leg day. You know, it's just not a normal that the sessions last. Like, oh, that's not because there's loads of exercises. It's more just because it's the amount of time it takes for the warm-ups, swapping the wet, the plates around, you know. I mean, I was training in the garage, you know, there wasn't much plates coming on and off, but with me and Cuba, there's a lot of, you know, loading up a leg press, deloading a leg press, you know, the, the caloric burn in the sessions and also the, the sort of the energy, the post-exercise energy consumption as well after the training sessions was, was much greater because just the general en- intensity was, is going to be higher when you have you know, a training partner that's, that's pushing you extremely hard, giving you four reps, et cetera. So um, that changed things a little bit. So my calories have, have gone up as a result, sort of slow things down a little bit from the fat loss perspective because my last check-in, I just really wasn't happy with it um, because – Whenever you drop aggressively in a diet, I'm sh- I'm sure you had a few weeks like this, mate, where you know y- you drop a lot and you know you're leaner, like you can see more detail and stuff. But because you've dropped so quick, you've you lost quite a bit of the pop. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of relate this to when you're in an off season and you hit like a new body weight quite quickly in off season. Like let's say you had like a five guys or something you hit a new body weight and it just looks wank. It just looks rubbish. And that's kind of how I looked last week. And Cuba told me, it was like, you know, you're expecting to look shredded as a result of dropping two and a half pounds. But in reality, you've gotten leaner, but you're not at the point where you, you know, I said this myself, I'm not at the point where I earn, I've earned that new low. Like I need to sort of be at that new low for a little bit longer to almost earn it and, and be at that weight and spend time at that weight. And it's just like, you know, being at the upper end of an off season, like I said, you know, it's like the first time I hit 190, it looked crap. The more time I spent there, it starts to look better and better and better. Um, so from a training perspective, actually things have gone really well um, since getting back into normal sessions. Like for example, I left, I left the, the gym with, four plates beside on the incline hammer strength uh, for nine. And I came back to my first session 
and I got eight and I've dropped 15 pounds since I did that. Well, 20 nice. pounds since I did that. So I, I was surprised as well, mate. I didn't even know how I did it. I just, I didn't really know how I did it at all. Um, I was warming up and I expect, I was, ex- you know, when you expect like three plates to just feel like I was like, I was expecting that. But I think honestly, I think the reason why it maybe felt good is because I was so used to trying to stabilize the fucking incline barbell and like wobbling around with it. I was so used to that, that having something stable was just unbelievable. And I could actually elicit so much more force and I kept my strength through the incline pressing that, um, that things, that, that the things came back, came back pretty well. So I was happy with, with that because the main concern, obviously when you're dieting is, is you're pressing and tends to sort of fuck off the, the quickest. Um, and then like leg training and things like that was already going pretty well at home. Um, but it's going pretty well in the gym as well. And then pull sessions again, like my main movement at the moment is the, the stiff leg. And that's pretty much just retaining at the moment. Um, at my top sets, usually 200 for about six and back off 180 for like eight to 10. Um, and from an expenditure perspective, so I've covered, uh, food, covered body weight, covered training, expenditure perspective. I'm still just doing steps, you know, um, I'm really not doing any direct cardio. And this is something that I think for you, George, like I'll definitely stick by the next time we do a prep, you know, like, I think we could have spent a lot more time just doing steps and not having to get you on those stairs. Um, you know, and as much as we said in the moment, I remember a few of the podcasts where we said, um, you actually like your quads look good as a result of it. But then you look back at the pictures and you think your quads were shredded hundred percent, but they were really, they, they were small, man. You know, you, you really did take a lot of, of potential problem, problem muscle off the legs by just hammering the fuck out of them on the stairs. And at the end of the day, like what we're trying to do is make the prep as easy as we possibly can. And, and trying to just use as little tools as possible to get to the finish line. And I think for, for us, we maybe just used too many tools all at once um, because we're going so gung ho on being peeled and you got peeled, but I think, you know, just, just pushed it that little bit too far. And we've discussed this multiple times, but I think, you know, me going through a prep now is reminding me of all the mistakes that I could be making at the moment. I fucking chucking in your him bean and black coffee and going and walking, like going hot pummeling the stairs every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that I'm, I particularly want to do just yet whilst I'm still able to lose with just steps. Mm. So how many steps are you aiming for roughly on a train day, non-train day? Cool. So yeah, I track it with the aura um, and I get 10,000 on a training day and 12 and a half on a rest. Nice. And so, I, I I don't want to go, don't want to go above 15,000 really on either. If I can avoid that, I don't think I'll need to, to be honest. Um, I think the next step for me, um, I was talking to Cuba about this is, um, trying to get, I can't get it anywhere at the moment. If anyone on the podcast knows where I can get it, that'd be fantastic. Um, is I want some Vasa burn. Um, and I want to just put Vasa burn on my glutes and my hamstrings. And then I'll introduce like bike or stairmaster when when the gyms are normally open, 
um, and I'm back into my normal routine at home and stuff, like I'll I'll probably pop to the gym in the mornings and do do some cardio um, first, like really really early, first thing, first you know first when they open, um, crack out that early doors with with some yin bean, um, and see if I can start start to mobilize the body fat on my lower body a bit more without compromising my upper. Like I would, I would just do anything that's needed, obviously within natural limits to, yeah. to get any direct fat loss off those areas. Um, and I used Vasaburn with a few of my female clients last year on the glutes and the hamstrings. And it did, it did definitely make a little bit of a difference. Um, and even if it's placebo-y, like, you know, it, it, it makes the area warm and hot and feel like you're burning, burning fat from from the area directly so even if there's some degree of placebo effect like i'll happily have that i'll happily run with it so uh so yeah that's that's sort of where i think it will head mate um how about how about yourself anyway like we're going for a mini cup phase at the moment it's going yeah. well give the guys a little bit of a, an insight into what's happening with yourself yeah so week five of mini cup now started at 174 pounds and now I'm down to one six two and a half consistently every single day, um, yesterday and today so far. So coming down nicely. Ideally, I think we both agreed that we'll probably get into the high one fifties. I, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, as I'm starting to get leaner, we spoke about this, and I've been looking at myself a lot more recently and just noticing how I'm a very balanced person. I have to admit, like my physique, there's no real okay. This is like beyond like behind where your other muscle groups might be but i'm starting to notice that legs are, are taking a bit of a hit in in especially my front double like i've, I've been able to improve that pose quite a lot because i remember you, on our um spreadsheets it was like no shit front shots um yeah. <laughs> and i've definitely from the front improved from arms lats are getting there um but my my legs just look just a little bit behind compared to when I look at photos last year, um, when I was dieting down roughly the same weight as what I am now, just don't look as, as full and thick as, as what they were. And I just think, I think that's just down to what I've been doing at home, you know, barbell bat squatting, never been keen on barbell bat squatting. Just, yes, I've improved it. You know, I'm up to 150 for a set of eight, which is all right for me, but I still finish that set and go, I don't know what I hit there. I don't feel it anywhere mm. other than sometimes my lower back. And I'm, I'm doing the best I can in terms of slowing things down, you know, and it's just, just when I look at it, it's just not, not where I would like them to be. I much prefer like a hack pendulum squat, um, Smith squat as well. I really enjoyed them before lockdown. So really going to get back into them once I, I go into the gym and I'm quite confident they, they will come back quite quickly. So I'm not going to worry too much about that aspect of things. But yeah, I mean, it's coming off nicely, you know, it's quite easy. Um, I'm starting to notice now that my, you know, my appetite is creeping up. I put my story, like I was finishing off my bowl, tablespoon sort of thing. And I said, like, when my appetite gets like this, I know something's going to happen. And, and the next following day I had a new low. So yeah. I kind of know now where my, my body's at in that regard. So appetite is, you know, a pretty good position now. I'm ready to push because obviously previously it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest like i'd look at my oats sometimes and stir it about but now i'm like yeah give me a bowl of oats so i'd have to polish that off quite nicely um macro wise is actually i mentioned post yesterday it's actually lower than what my prep uh, macros were like i haven't been on this uh, low food in probably about two three years not yeah. gonna lie to you like today's a rest day and i'm on 200 gram of carbs you know i haven't done that in god knows how long but 
what I'm mainly doing is four meals, um, intra, I guess five, you want to count intra, yeah. but um, keeping first meals, protein, fat, second meal, which is my pre-workout, I'll have my carbohydrates, um, then it goes into my intra, then post-workout, I'll have protein carbs, and then my last meal, I'll just have protein fats before I go to bed, and that seems to be going really well for me, you know, digestion so much better, I utilize carbs more, I feel more efficient in my training sessions, pumps again, way better than what they were previously, so all in the right track in terms of what the, the mini cut goal is there. So happy with that. Um, steps, I do like a 5K walk in the morning, 5K walk in the evening, roughly about 10, maybe 11,000 steps might accumulate a few throughout the uh, day. But yeah. pretty easy, you know, not really like, I'm trying to not get into that kind of prep mode of, uh, you know, as soon as I start dieting, it's like, right, I'm acting like it's a very prep, when in reality, it's just a little bit of a tidy up phase. So yeah. just relaxing, not doing more than what I should, you know, being guilty of that in the gym sessions of doing an extra set here, extra set there, but just keeping to, to what I need to do. Improving strength, like strength is getting better. Um, some areas a little bit off, but um, I know I'm going to finish this mini cut and be in a good position to chase down some, some real good all-time PBs at, for a, a decent body weight as well. So, um, yeah, all in all, quite smooth, mate. Breezing it. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. Like, besides the legs, everything in your upper body looks really improved, to be honest. I was actually, like, quite impressed, especially with the arms. We'll uh, maybe touch on the arm days in a little bit. But, yeah, I was really impressed with, to be honest, the, pro the progression that you have made in, in such a short period of time in reality. Because what a lot of people don't realise is that half the time you've spent in this like 34 week push up half of that time realistically is just you recovering from the prep like you're not really growing until you've actually recovered physiologically from the prep um and i know when you came down at was it just before christmas i think it was just before christmas or maybe just after christmas just i think it was after. just after um you'd felt like pretty normal for a good period of time there so it was a good sign um because i was a little bit concerned that you were going to take quite a long time to recover from the prep itself because mm. uh, I know it was a rocky ride and it was a long one and it was obviously your first one ever. So it's always going to take a little longer for, for people to recover from it. hundred um, percent. I did go through uh, post-show, especially I did go through a phase of fucking looking like shit, like in November, October time where I gained like, you know, five, six pounds in scale weight, but it looked like I gained 20 pounds. So it soft. terrible, mate. It looked awful. It was like my body just went in full recovery mode. And yeah. then after like Christmas time, beginning of this year, that's where I started to look better. And that's probably when I actually fully recovered from that prep. Like yeah. my appetite was extremely high for the part since September when I finished through to about January, February, I was like, like is my appetite actually going to settle down here? Um, and then it got to a point before my mini cut where I was like, okay, yeah, my appetite isn't the greatest here anymore. It just kind of went slowly down. Um, but it really did, did take me a long time to actually get over that, that prep. And I don't think I've, I don't think I actually, as weird as it sounds, I don't actually think I'd fully get over that. Like I don't feel as, I don't know about you, if you ever experienced this, but before like you've ever like competed and, and dieted for that, that long amount of time, I don't know. I just feel different in myself, whether that's hormonally. Yeah. Something's different. I can't, can't put, I can't put my finger on it now, but I just don't feel the same George as I was in 2018. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's it's a weird habits that like stick with you that you, you never had before. 
like weird things that you do with food and like coincidental OCD habits that just creep into your life and you're like, why are you still there, man? Like, why do I still do this? But 100%. I think I think that's just bodybuilding for you, mate. It's an extreme sport, isn't it? So you're gonna get extreme results. You're gonna get extreme uh, ramifications of, of what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell I tell my clients that all the time. Like you know, especially young competitors. I'm like, just remind yourself that you know you are only young once. And if you want to compete when you're 19 or even when you're 20, or whatever you're going through, like uni, you know you do you really want that route you know do you really want bodybuilding for a whole year to be pretty much your your sole focus and and are you prepared for what that maybe will pull away from um it maybe will pull away from your ability to go out and socialize it will maybe pull away from certain relationships and things like that and then it's a, it's a very difficult thing to sort of manage mate um for sure so uh yeah, I think you you know you you went through it and you you've learned a lot of lessons from that prep and probably ways and means that you won't like ever allow to happen again. I'm sure, um, in in all aspects. What would you say is the main thing that you would say you won't allow to happen again in terms of the way that you handled that prep and maybe for people that listen, they think shit. I don't want to allow that to happen either. Don't fall into the trap of doing more. More isn't better learn the hard way like my mindset when i was in prep is like okay whatever i do an extra set that means i'm going to be burning more calories that means i'm going to be in a large deficit that means i'm going to lose weight but that's great but when it comes to you being shredded and you know six weeks out or whatever it might be pretty much ready to rock it's not good you know take a step backwards do not be doing this extra stuff because it becomes junk volume and we've all been there where we've done that extra set and we've, we're trying to aim for that particular number, 15 reps, we get 12 and we're like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't have done that. It's junk volume, like totally pointless. And you'd fall into that trap and you, it's very hard to get out of. It's very hard. Like you need someone to tell you, you need to stop doing this. You need like, I had to be there when, when I used to train with Nathan close to the show, he had to tell me like, you know more, no more because he was like, I can't believe you could do it. And I was, you know, fit as a fiddle my resting heart rate was like 38 at the time so i was just like right ready to go 20 rep again ready to go ready to go uh, and yeah more is just not better in that situation it really isn't so that's probably my biggest takeaway from that 2019 prep is especially when you're at a point of okay yeah we're ready to go here we just pull back on everything and just maintain baseline volume nothing else and just retain what you have because when you're re- when you're ready, what else have you got to pull off? You know what happens I mean, if you get try and get leaner, you're just going to lose a shit ton of fall- fullness. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I just got tried to get leaner, and especially when I was competing against the, the juniors. You know, I was going up against you know Josh Bailey last year. He was what 160 something pounds. I'm coming in at 144 pounds. Like, what more can I do? You know, yes, I was lean. I just fullness just just went and. Like I said, my best look was that, that six-week out mark where I should have probably stepped on stage then where I was still relatively full. I noticed that my weaker body parts were just fading straight away. Like my back was – I look through photos now. My back was, yeah, still underdeveloped, but it dropped off massively going into my first show. Um, so weaker body parts, just in terms of fullness, just go like that, just went like that and – Yes, you have to lose a little bit of fullness to get into condition, 100%, but not to the point of where I was just, okay, yeah, because we saw the end of the, 
the end photos on, at the end of my prep, it was just not good. I looked awful. I looked, lo- lost quite a lot of muscle in that yeah. phase. Um, so yeah, that was my ramble on there, but that was my lesson learned there. No, it makes a lot of sense, mate. And I, I knew you'd probably answer in that kind of fashion. And conversely, what, what do you like the most out of your off season? Like, so you were prepping this time last year. What's the main difference in your life that you actually like by being in an off-season phase comparative to pre-contest? To be fair, right now, it would be a balance. Like, I this year, I have, yes, I've stepped to, you know, meals and I've always got my protein in each every day, but I'm not bothered, and I've not been bothered about having a meal plan. Like, I remember listening to kind of Luke Sando and Fluad on, on the podcast back in the, when Luke was alive. He was mentioning how, like, 80% of his diet was clean, 20% junk. Um, and I actually sometimes go by that, you know, like, especially when you're pushing to a point towards the latter stages of my first push up, I would get food in kind of no matter what, you know, I'm not going to sit there and eat my oats with, you know, nut butters or dark chocolate. If my appetite's shit, you know, I'm going to find a way of getting that in easier with easier options. So, you know, we introduced the granola. Yeah. It's not the greatest. It's calorie dense, easy to get in. Um, and for me, I, I don't mind that because as soon as I flip the switch going into this mini cut, I got rid of that 20% junk that I was eating, you know, five weeks in, I'm like 12 pounds, 13 pounds down. It's been a breeze. It's been easy. So I don't, I've never been a strict in my offseason. If I want to enjoy myself and have a meal off, I don't have days off. Like I don't do a cheat day as people call it. Sure. I'll have a meal, you know, sometimes it got to a point of where I started having, you know, mentioned that I had a cookie every single day, yeah, you know? Yeah. No problems at all. Fit it into my macros, got it done. Happy days. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, th- I, think, I think I agree with you for sure. Um, it's sometimes, it's like the little things. You can do spontaneous things and not have to massively stress about it. I think I've got better as a bodybuilder now. Like, if one thing like, was out of my routine, like one thing affected my routine, I would crumble in the past as a bodybuilder. Same here. Like big time. Um, and I think what my, my two year off season taught me is that I can still be a good bodybuilder. I can still make a lot of progress, but can also have like a bit, a bit of a life and a bit of a balance and all like, even if I've not got lots going on in my life, I can be a bit more relaxed with just what I do. And in some ways, you know, I, I miss that sort of spontaneous action that you can have. But at the same time, I do love the meticulous action of the prep. But I think having those spontaneous moments, having those periods of time where you do come out of routine a little bit, you go on a holiday or, you know, you, you go out for the day or something like that. You know, you, you do something that's outside of your normal bodybuilding routine. You come back from it and you think, oh, I, I really... I, I, I really like that, but I also really, really love bodybuilding. And it reminds you of just how much you love your day-to-day processes. And it also creates this stability in your prep to understand that if one little, one little thing affects your day, you can, you can still make it a good one. You know, it doesn't have to be like this on the hour or this on the minute or whatever. You know, at some point in the prep, there is a demand for that. You know, when I'm three weeks out from the show, like there won't be a minute in my day that's any different to be honest like everything will be by the book because it has to be because i have to at that point it comes down to the look has to be 
ready at a certain time and it has to be nailed because the goal is so big. But when I'm in a phase now where ultimately the main goal is simply to mobilize fat at a good rate, I can, I can do that with slight manipulations for routine. Like for example, we didn't plan this podcast in today. We just set a time that would work and we got it boxed off. Yeah. At, 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 like close to a show doing something completely spontaneous like that would probably cause a little bit more issues. Like, you know, I can imagine I'll be close to going to bed at this point. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that either, mate, to be honest, like the, 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 the inconvenience that like the, I used to go to bed at like eight o'clock, eight thirty, the end of my 2017 prep. I ate my last meal at 6 PM every night. And I went to bed at like half eight and I woke up at half four or five. Um, and that, that was my routine and, and mate, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved that routine. But, and, and do you know how long that took me to shape that routine and like actually have a life it just took me a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to get back into that. That's something that I kind of said to myself at the start, like I don't really want to, to, to be that kind of person because when you eliminate your entire evening, like, you eliminate a lot of things that are important, like you know, spending time with loved ones, spending time with friends, going to the cinema or something like that. Like you eliminate, you eliminate a lot of that time by being someone that recludes themselves <laughs> at such an early hour. So, um, what's the, uh, what's the, what was your what was your routine like towards the end of of the diet? Were you still going to bed sort of at a normal time, or did you become some sort of weirdo like me and going to bed at you know, child's time. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like half eight. It was more half nine. Um, so it's, it's still 10 o'clock later. So yeah, pretty, still pretty early for me now. I mean, I do go to bed now. I've been trying to get down earlier, but at night when it's, oh it's just darker, well, it gets lighter. It's just light, oh, yeah. isn't it? At like 10 and you're like, wow, I'm going to bed. And it's still light. So um, normally sometime I will sleep in, I'll sleep later, but it would have been 10 o'clock. Like, latest i'd be falling asleep half nine in bed not responding to anyone and i used to get up not quite early half four but i used to get up at six um do my posing at the bottom of the garden every single day which i still would probably do now if i did a prep next time because i do believe that that is a big benefit um and especially for like 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 cardio wise i wish i'd spend more time doing that than doing the stairmaster because sometimes you do a few rounds of posing you're fucked you're like wow especially when you're flat, like muscles are just not popping. You're just like trying to get into this pose first thing in the morning. It's just not happening. You just need to yeah. warm up a bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's nice something that I've actually started doing at the moment is the first thing I wake, I get up and do a, two rounds, two rounds of posing. Mm. Um, Cause you're like, you're, you're the tightest in the morning. And like, if you can open up a lap spread in the morning, then you know, you're going to be able to do it on the stage. hundred percent. And I also find like things like leg detail, like you can't like, especially as you get throughout the day and you walk more, your leg detail starts to fade a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the morning, like you can see how like well your leg detail is coming on because they're sort of like bro term, but they're, they're kind of like the driest in the morning kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like that morning look when you're lean. Yeah. That's what I mentioned to you about the check-ins. When I check, I do that little quad, quad flex to see oh, yeah, first thing in the morning just wake up flex a quad yeah. nothing i do in the mornings right now is i told myself in this lockdown i'd uh, learn to vacuum i oh, don't yeah. know if i'd ever pull it off in stage but i can now officially pull a vacuum um which is which has been quite good to be fair and it it looks 
I'm, I'm still improving on it, but it's something which I've actually found improve my midsection control ever so slightly. I, I don't know if it's going to contribute to anything on stage or not, and when I, if I diet down for a prep next, whenever. But vacuuming is is something which I've been implementing, and I just even in the evening time now I can I can pull off a vacuum somehow after eating a load of food. So that's one goal I've been implementing. It it's quite good. It's, it's definitely I think that's going to be good, to do, mate. I think it's going to be good for you because that's been like John Dewitt part of a post of like his midsection compared when he managed to do a vacuum and like keep, keep, um, he put them in like daily. Yeah. And his, his, you see, it's not, you know, you're not making your waist smaller. You're just creating the illusion of a smaller waist through better midsection control. So yeah, I think, I think you're definitely doing the right thing there, mate, with the vacuums. Um, I think we might've even talked about it at some point during the off season. Um, maybe in the similar point where I, I, I was making sure that you were training rabs because <laughs> mm. and I know you still are doing them because I saw you doing them today on the uh, on the mirror fit mirror fit yeah. cooldown. Yeah, that that to be fair, that's one of the best purchases I've made in this lockdown. That tell me about it. But yeah. two hundred pound, you can do shit loads of different movements on it. Yeah, some, yeah all I do every other session is I'll just spray a little bit of grease on it. Um, Super up. It, yeah, it moves nicely. The only problem I have with it is the bottom bit, sometimes the ball goes under, it go, and I have to fucking get it underneath that little bit, keeps coming under, and, and sometimes the ball, you have to The ball sort it. of like gets caught in the shaft, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is quite a few problems with the, the mirror fit pull down, and the ball, the ball in the shaft is, is one of them. <laughs> and then the lube as well, the lubrication of the device. Yeah, <laughs> really have a manual for this. For the mirror fit oh, fucking Mate, how, how much of a pain in the ass was it building that fucker? I put the wires on the wrong way first time. So did I. You didn't explain times. that. Mm, took me about three hours to make that thing, but it's well worth it in the end, 100%. Uh, that leg extension, I got the little leg extension leg curls. It's, it's okay. Um, I need Both to band the profile it. profile is interesting. <laughs> I need to band it though. You can see by doing the video, it's just not like the drop off is just like light, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's just terrible for that. But mm. I mean, there are some benefits to that. You know, lockout can get a little bit better. Um, but yeah. I need to get some decent bands because I'm not using those shitty bands that we all recommended and they didn't turn up <laughs> for about four weeks. <laughs> you know, you know what? Like, I don't. I know you know this, but the listeners won't know this. So I did. I did set up an Amazon affiliate code for those bands and I made 168 quid for resistance bands. Same. I got, we both got turned down, didn't we? We, um, because apparently our website wasn't showcasing that we have proof we could sell these products. But a couple of months later, they emailed me saying, are we going to send you for an invoice for, uh, or, or pay me the amount that I earned. And luckily I was going through a time of posting the bands, pull up bars, other bands, and people, I don't know about you, but people were using that link to buy other stuff as well. So if someone bought some toothpaste and shit, and yeah. I was still getting some sort of commission. So I got paid about nearly £200 off that I did. I didn't tell anyone about it either. <laughs> Gee, damn, man. I, I, think, I think if we set up Amazon affiliate codes for like the whole time, we could, we could just, you know, make so much. We wouldn't even have to coach anymore. We could just literally just sell like, I don't know, like... <laughs> <laughs> what, can, what else can we sell? I don't know, hats, shavers, um, headphones. Literally. 
that's quite it's quite interesting it's to see what people were buying when I was looking when I was looking up. It's, it's, it's strange, but um, did yeah, you feel, everyone. Did you feel kind of like guilty because <laughs> half of the bands half the bands didn't get delivered on time, and like people had already lost probably about forty kilos of muscle before they arrived. <laughs> and it was annoying because people messaging me like it was my fault. I'm the bloody distributor. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got a clue where they are, mate. I'm yeah, just waiting yeah, yeah. for my bands just like you. People are like, do you know I have a clue where these bands are? Um, and luckily, the ones I linked up were all the way from China. And I didn't know until I actually looked what country or what city it was from. And I Googled the city. It's fucking middle of China, isn't it? And I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> these and bands were from offered, Wuhan. <laughs> they offered me a pound refund. And I was like, no. <laughs> I want the full thing. And, and luckily, I was able to get the full <clears> refund. Some people weren't as lucky. Um, some people got offers and stuff, but I, I made made it clear I want a refund because they'll just lie and say it'll be here next week and it took four or five weeks afterwards. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. It's mm. good times though, but mate, the time is the time has flown by, hasn't it? Like since this all kicked off, because it's been what's it's been like two, three months? It's been three months now. I'm pretty sure it's been three because it was March, think, wasn't it? I think it's about a good what fourteen weeks. I'd say thirteen, fourteen weeks now. It's insane. My last session was at Ultraflex, remember, on the Friday. No, I was, I was there. I was there. <laughs> Fucking um, hell, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. It was quite funny. I got Nathan. I, Nathan really wanted to try this. So, um, yeah, Atlantis hack. And we were oh, like yeah. the only ones left in there. Yeah. And um, we, we <laughs> he put, how much? He put nine and I think it was nine and a half plates on each side. We got like four reps, and we just left after that. We were training push. And I was just like, go on that, go on that so, um, hack squat, and he did it. And he did nine and a half, and he got four, and that was it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty yeah. strong for him, just because he didn't warm up at all. Yeah, and then you did you stay an extra day to do some sightseeing around Rotherham? Oh no, we fucked off immediately after that. In the in the next morning, we ain't looking around there, mate. Oh, not through that town centre. Remember, I called you. The Mate, they center. do a bus tour. They do a bus tour. They do an open open air bus tour. Ah, oh, terrible. I remember you dropping off at a train station, and they've got like I don't know what it is, like a water filter system or sewers or something next to it. The grimmest smell. I had to walk past that. Oh. No, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. It's a lovely place. <laughs> the land oh. of prosperity. It's cheap. It's cheap as chips. Like we went up there. I was like, wow, I could easily move up here and. Uh, yeah do quite well but um no i doubt i'll be up there or living up there i could no, i could do i think if you the thing is mate like there's you know the actual like rotherham itself isn't isn't that nice like no offense to any listeners that that, that do live there but um this there are there are really nice surrounding areas like closer mm. to barnsley and things like that there's actually some 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 lovely areas in south yorkshire that are only like you know 15 20 minutes away from the gym so um, the general recommendation is that let's not live, you know, directly there. Um, That's it. Uh, I think my, my plan is to, to move in the new year somewhere a little, little, little further out. I, like, I, miss the, I miss the journey to the gym as well. Like I kind of miss the, mm. the 15 to 20 minute drive because right now I've only got like a five minute drive and it's just not quite the same. It's not quite the same when you, when you drive and you can only listen to like, one song you know kind of kind of want to take a longer route to get there um but yeah all it's in quite time. strange what i did um what i did about a week and a half ago is i actually went for a pre-workout drive so i was just imagining i was going to gym I went for like a 15 minute drive just randomly just going around 
listen to music. So I've, and it was quite good actually. Got out, went to the garden, trained. Because um, you know it's like sometimes, especially I don't know up north if it's windy down. It's so windy up down here at the moment. I've never seen wind like it. Um, and the last thing I sometimes want to do is train out in the garden when it's windy. Like I was doing walking lunges down the alleyway um, in my house. I was getting blown. I was like, wow, I'm getting blown over it. And then on the way back, I was getting, I was going to push head, like, head first on the yeah. floor from it. Wow. I was like, I can't be doing this shit, you know. I'm, it shows I've had you need more body weight, really, mate. That's embarrassing. It, re- it really yeah. does sort of, you know, that indicates that you should no longer be natural. Because <laughs> of the wind. Fuck mm. it we, actually, we actually should maybe t- talk on that a little bit, if that's okay with you, on the yeah. side of things. Because I know you covered it in a YouTube video. Um, and people have probably watched that already, but we'll cover it here as well for anyone that hasn't. So we we, we kind of talked a little bit uh, post competition about what your plans would be and where you wanted to head, and and you were pretty confident at that point that, that at some point you did definitely want to go assisted, and whether that was going to be like this year or next year, it was going to be relatively soon because you. You know, you wanted to be able to step on stage and, and ultimately try and achieve some pretty big goals at some point, which definitely I was not holding you back from. And I never sort of said, I never said no, but I also, I also never really gave you my opinion, like totally, because I'm very careful with clients that want to make this decision because I want it to be their decision. I don't want it to be like influenced by me. Like, you know, when Jack Richardson went to the assisted side of things, I didn't really, I didn't really give him my whole thoughts because it's like I'm there to like guide him, and like if I thought that it was an absolutely awful idea, I would just say, "Mate, please don't do this." Mm. Like I'd honestly say that. But with with you guys, like something you and Richardson have in common is that you've got an incredible work ethic. So if you do, if you did go assisted, you'd still work extremely hard, and that's that's a given yeah um and so that's why i never really said anything but yeah just sort of talk 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 it through in terms of why you've changed your mind so i spoke to you first about it and we both agreed that post show or post prep or whatever i kind of had a bit of a negative mindset towards natural bodybuilding i was like fuck this fuck that can't be bothered for this and i was quite i was quite harsh about it in, in reality um and throughout the year or the beginning of the year i was like yeah confident about it just kind of when when to take that step because i didn't want to take that step whilst being a fat slob and you know going on gigs it just wouldn't make sense to me doing something like that um and throughout this lockdown period i've kind of just added more time to think to think to myself and i think is that really what I want? Because I have some like really short-term goals. Like I, I do want to move out with the missus, believe it or not, in the next couple of years, I do want children, you know, that's something which we both really want. And yeah. I said this in my YouTube video, but people got the, this the wrong in a stick. I didn't say by going on steroids or taking anabolic steroids, you're not going to have kids because I did not say that at all. But it always comes with a risk. Everything like that always comes with a risk and you never know. And for me, I don't want to jeopardize that just yet. If I have kids, if I've got kids already, I'd have done it, you know, but yeah. I do want a family. And for me, yeah, bodybuilding is my life, but also I, as well as that, I have a life outside of that and I have other goals as well as, you know, being whatever on stage and being a pro or whatever. I do want a family. I do want to you know move out. And my thought process is 
I'm still only 23, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Ronnie Coleman, they say, he first started taking gear when he was 30, apparently. So there's always time, you know, for for this type of thing. And I just want to get some sort of goal, other goal out of the way, um, if not out of the way, or achieve some other goal. Um, and then when the time comes... Let's be honest, you know, I've only done one season naturally. And in my opinion now, when I think about it, yes, I wanted to win. But, you know, in your first season, getting, you know, invites to the finals and every single one, you know, being very, very close to winning uh, a qualifier, you know, I kind of want to do some some sort of comeback and say, look, you know, make my goal in 2022 to actually win a fucking qualifier at least, you know, because I, I do believe I have potential to do that. Yeah. I really do. And I was quite negative when I did finish my show. I was like, nah, fuck this. I can't be bothered anymore. And, uh, you know, after my shows, I'll just not talk to anyone and just go like pissed off at myself. I'm crying in the car and shit. And I, yeah, I, that's it pretty much. Like I just want to be able to do some personal goals first, you know, work on my business, build that up to a point of where, okay, yeah, this is, this is going really well. Save up for a mortgage is something which I'm really doing right now. Cause I do want to move out soon. You know, I do want to grow up and get on my life in that aspect. And then when the time comes to potentially go down that route, you know, I'm more than open to, to, to do it. And I will eventually, I just want to, you know, not jeopardize anything at all. Uh, I really don't because I love my missus to pieces. I love us. I love everything about us, you know, and um, I, I don't want to jeopardize that at all because I make some sort of little, some sort of little decision which could impact the rest of our lives. Um, and I, I really don't want that. It's not worth it for me. So if I have kids, I'll do it. Um, I don't know how many kids I want, to be fair. I've said two. Mrs. wants three or four. I'm thinking, Christ, what's going on here then? Mate, you have some strong um, swimmers. I was going to say, look, we might have twins. Like, our sisters are twins. I'm a twin, so you never know. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm just going to take it by kind of year by year at the moment. Yeah. Um, I've made, like, hopefully next year or year after is probably one is where I want to take a step. And, you know, 25, I'd, I'd like to have a, a little one, believe it or not. Um, okay. Yeah. Mate, I, mate, I, you know, you know, I'm, I massively admire your mindset there, and I think you know, you, you, you've thought through like life very, very well, and you know, you've taken like some really, really good decision making processes there. And I think what's important for the listeners to understand is how mature those actions are, like very, very mature. And you know, there's there's a lot of immature actions that people can make, and and you've you've done a really, really good job there to to avoid avoid some of them when it comes to like you know moving on to something that you want but it's like it's just for yourself it's like a very selfish action um and you're thinking more of others and things like that so mate I'm, i massively respect that i really really do um i think i think i think you're making you know i like i said you know i didn't really offer my opinion too much but i think in the moment you know like when you were going through that period of time post competition and you know, things weren't perfect in your relationship and things like that, you know, you quickly think loads of things that maybe are a little irrational in that moment. And, you know, now I actually read, I actually read a book. Um, it's like the sequel of um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's yeah, the sequel of that. Um, and yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. It's really, really good. 
and he Mark Manson talks about how you know you'll go through certain decisions in life with either the feeling brain or the thinking brain and like the feeling brain will think like immediately upon reaction like to something so for you post-show you will think I've lost we well, haven't you came second mm-hmm. a lot okay so you think I've lost so you think I'm shit at natural bodybuilding so your feeling brain thinks I need to replace that with something that's better so you think assisted bodybuilding that's it that was that was your thought process you know and and, and that made total sense but in that moment you're not using your thinking brain like the feeling brain is driving the car and the thinking brain is in the passenger seat and it's thinking where the fuck are we going and then at some point you're gonna fucking crash and shit's gonna happen and then you're gonna regret that so Mm. you know that's 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 the the journey that you were going on and i was just letting you go on that journey Mm. and like if you'd have just if you decided to, to go on assistance you would have probably still been able to at some point have kids move out or do all of these things. Mm. But I think actually listening to the podcast with uh, Josh and uh, Thomas TM cycles mm-hmm. um, on the revive stronger where they talked about like the cost of things and obviously like me being close to Cuba and like understanding the cost of things in terms of like how much things actually cost when you go down that route. You know, it's, it's not, it's not cheap. You know, it's not cheap to, to prep for a show when you're assisted. It's not cheap. Um, so for, for yourself, you know, who is someone that is building a business and, you know, you're building an empire, man, you're building a little empire and, you know, it, it's, it's going to be something big and you've got to allow enough time for that sort of flower to, to grow. You know, you've got to plant the seed and let it grow. And I think you giving it the time that it needs is absolutely something that's going to, that's going to move you forwards. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a really nice discussion though, mate. And I, I hope that that people listen to that and think, Hmm, I need to think a little bit more like George. Hmm. Just don't rush, don't rush into making decisions like that. And one thing I want to mention is you still can get to your goal whilst having like, you don't have to be this all out bodybuilder that, okay, I don't have to have a life outside of bodybuilding. Like, automatically to be the best i can't have children or i can't do this or i can't do that outside of it you can like a great example is ben howard he has a you know a family he you know trains like three times a week whatever it is something ridiculous like that and he's one of the best lightweights on this planet um so it just goes to show that you don't have to be like i used to be very guilty of okay i need to be this person that can't have a life outside of of bodybuilding i you know in terms of having a family now nah, fuck that i can't do that because my goals will outweigh that but you can still get to your goals and have you know other goals in life outside of bodybuilding as well so yeah i used to be quite extreme with my approach especially prep prep made me very extreme um and sometimes you have to be extreme on prep but when it comes to just life in general there is a lot more in life than bodybuilding. And as much as I absolutely love bodybuilding, I also want to live a great life where I create memories, you know, I have a good time as well and still achieve what I want to achieve personally, you know? So yeah, that's one thing which has opened my eyes up, especially in this lockdown period where I've been on my own a little bit and started to realize, fuck, I miss going away with like misses and, you know, for a weekend, whether it's just, you know, in Peak District and just going on adventures and having a good laugh. It's made me realise that aspect of things. And yeah, that's, yeah, just a little thing on that, really. 
what I wanted to say. Yeah. Bit deep, but there we go. <laughs> no, I like it, man. I like it a lot. Um, I think I can relate to a lot that you're saying as well, for sure, 100%. Um, so in terms of finishing off, do we want to take a few of the, the listeners' questions? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, to try and find these fuckers. And then now, we will you? leave the listeners to enjoy their blissful Monday evening. <laughs> um, up like literally upon upon finishing. So, where are we at? Okay, we are. So, I hate these question things because when someone's liked your photos and that, they just disappear. Can we can we get some opinions in the comment section below on George's new trim, please? Can we say? Can we give it an out of ten, please? I think it's one of best ones so far. I like it. I like it a lot. It's definitely a lot better than what I've got rocking at the moment. <laughs> I've got mine booked in for Wednesday, so I'm going to. Um, Who knows? What I'm going do? to the old, um, the old barber, the old barber shop on Wednesday to get the. Um, what do you reckon you're gonna do quickly? Oof, mate, I kind of want to get it cut like um, guy out of Peaky Blinders. I just want to get it like harsh, a harsh no blend at the side, and then I'm just gonna. Then I won't be the same guy on stage that everyone has a skin fade. <laughs> I could imagine seeing that. That'd be great. Um, what? Where is it? Okay, we've no, not do that one. Uh, what differences have you found from your prep now and, and previous ones? Uh, sorry, pre- previous prep was obviously massively different in terms of my environment. So I was living in Brighton, I was living at home um, with, I was living in a three bed bungalow with my mum, my sister, my dad, and a dog. I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how I did it. Cause like, I love, I like space. I like space. I like room. I like being able to get my work done and things like that. So I, I don't know how I did it, but I managed to do it. So I was living at home. I was obviously training at, for the most part, I was training at Underground, where the only other dedicated person in there was Jack. And he was the only person that understood why I was doing what I was doing, really. Mm. He was the person that took all my photos for me, came to all my shows with me. So I do owe a lot of respect and like thanks for him because he did definitely help me so much during that time period. Um, so there definitely was people down there that, that helped me. And he was pretty much the only one, really, apart from my family who were really supportive. Um, but now obviously it's completely different, you know, I'm surrounded by a very, very good support network, people who understand me, people who know me really, really well. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm very, I'm in a very like grateful position on that front. You know, obviously back in 2017, I was sitting watching JP videos pre-workout and getting motivated by them and like just looking up to the guy so much and now I'm going to have videos on the site under my name, you know, like so much has changed, you know, it's crazy, mate. It's absolutely insane. Um, but I think that's just a testament to putting in work relentlessly and, and not letting up. If you've got something that you really, really want to chase down, you really, really would like, then just, just, just do not stop believing in that. Do not stop, um, your actions meeting your goals like jb yeah. says you know every single day um whether it's work business relationship whatever like just make it happen um so yeah a lot lot has changed um obviously i'm, I'm doing a lot less from a 
a cardio standpoint, as we discussed earlier. Um, it's focusing on steps as opposed to, I think back in this period of time out from the show, I was already doing like 800 to 1,000 calories of cardio per week. It's tracking it in calories burnt as opposed to time. And I think my food was at a similar level, to be honest. I don't think my food was much different, but was training six days a week. And now I'm training four to five times per week, um, depending on, on the week itself. So a lot, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. But that doesn't that show you something, mate? Like imagine, so we'll do, do a podcast together again in, in, in two, years, two years' time. Like, because it's legit, like, well, it's three years pretty much, isn't it? But in like two, three years' time, imagine how much different things will be again. Oh, yeah. If, 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 if I've leveled up from a guy drinking his black coffee and watching JP to then being sponsored by it, him and the company and like having a full-time coaching business, which in 2017, mate, like I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere near where I am right now business-wise. And you know that. And I know, I know how much that motivates you. And I know in a year's time, in two years' time, like I know where you're going to be at. And I know that it's going to be very, very different for you. And, you know, over the last like two, three, two, three months of like things going well for you, like I know, I know the potential you have as well. And I, and I can see that work ethic. I saw that work ethic in you like before we even started coaching, mate. So, um, and, and trust, me, mate, trust me, mate, not many people have it. Not many people have it. And there's not many legit people out there that can really, really work hard and, and just be relentless with that like people back down, you know, and you and me know this, you know, we know people that say they're busy and they're not busy, you know, like, you know, that's not talking shit about anyone, but I'm just saying that there's a certain type of individual that can really, really work relentlessly. Um, and, uh, it's a cool, it's a cool trait to have mate, because you will you, at some point the, the br- brutality of your, of your mindset will result in a lot of things being achieved. Mm. um so yeah that's uh not really the answer to the question but yeah things have changed <laughs> yeah i i agree with that um things have changed right obviously we've kind of gone through this before but best way to get really a sweet tooth on prep um what have you have you have you had a sweet tooth yet on your prep or you know nothing like that no not really i think the only week that was remotely hard was the first week because i was having kfc twice a week and i didn't have kfc anymore so i was just like i i i I remember like saying to danny i was like i i I just kind of miss kfc that's the only thing that i I kind of missed at the start and uh, then i just eased into it and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't particularly difficult at all um what was your um go-to kfc order by the way out of interest Oh, it was your recommendations, man. It was the bonus banquet with the, the beans um, and uh, sugar-free 7-Up. Like, mm, mm, mm. Don't, because you're going to... Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> the diet, man. I'm going to give you a free meal next week. I'm going to say, go and get a boneless banquet and then send me pictures post. <laughs> I haven't had one in since, you know, being on this mini cut five weeks now, which is a long time for me, but I can live without it. I think to answer the actual question... Um, I think I've actually made a post on this. I think I've actually read you read, read a post that you've made on this before about you know in a prep keeping to more bland, yeah, bland foods, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and not go for these foods which you know something I experienced in my prep last year was when I had 
my oats and dark chocolate pre-workout I was like yeah give me a box of chocolate I'm gonna finish it you know sort of thing um and I took it out and implemented potato which actually did help um something I wish I avoided was the 10 cow jellies I mean the the, the I remember you started and I was like that is a, that's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah and it started having like three a day ridiculous yeah fuck me. not a good idea man it's just not good um whereas if you keep to plain plain bland foods it's just way like right now my food is fucking boring like people moaning the other day or my other video about not putting seasoning on my chicken i mean a little bit extreme to that extent but it's bland it's bland it's boring you know it gets the job done i don't give a fuck what i eat you know it just does the job and i think sometimes that's what you need to think instead of what i you know sometimes didn't prep is bloody kilo of water in my oats what's that about george what's that you know like i weigh my i put 100 grams of cream of rice in i weigh how much water it's like literally 300 milliliters of water 400 milliliters sometimes nothing compared to what i was doing on prep and it just better digestion less food focus because you're always going to be hungry you're all the hunger is always going to be there but you just have to learn to appreciate because what i remember is I remember back when my appetite was fucking hideous at uni when I woke up first thing in the morning and I couldn't even stomach breakfast. You mm. know, that's what I think about. So it's always going to be there. You can't, you're not going to feel full regardless of how much fruit and veg or whatever you put in your stomach. Learn to appreciate it. Um, and yeah, get on with it sort of thing. So have you yeah, that's tried the new train by JP cream of rice? I haven't yet. You need I to. Haven't. Um, just, just as a caveat to that, the, the cream of rice from Trained by JP Nutrition is just in a complete game changer. Um, if you enjoy cream of rice, you will love Trained by JP's nutrition. Cream of rice, so both flavors, triple chocolate. Compare it to the Carter Sports Nutrition. What exactly, what, what would you say is the difference? Taste? Is it taste? Mm. Well, I think if I was to compare it, I'd have to start being rude. Because... <laughs> Because the other the other cream of rice is it's terrible, terrible in comparison. Oh. No, I'm I'm joking. Like, <laughs> I, you know, to be fair, to be fair, when 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 it was when it was about to come and when it got released, like I said to Cuba, I was like, it's just going to taste the same as all the others, isn't it? You know, that's what that's what I said to her. I said it's going to taste the same as all the other cream of rices. It tastes a little bit of the flavour of the cream of rice, yes, yeah? so like you know, biscuit, whatever it is, and then mostly of sand you know it's like literally scooping sand off the beach and putting it in a bowl and mixing some whey with it that is cream <laughs> of rice yeah so that that's what i was concerned about really to be honest is that it would taste like a sand castle but upon 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 eating it i was shocked surprised in fact at the taste and the wow. quality of the cream of rice I was, I was really, I was really quite, you know, blown away by, by the taste. Um, and, uh, the mixability as well is, is phenomenal. Like you, you, you mix it with hot water from the kettle and legit, you don't, you don't have to microwave it to get good volume. Like I can make dieting volume cream of rice with just the kettle in a minute. So in terms of preventing you from standing at the microwave, for about a year like some people do a thorburn um 
to make your cream of rice, you could just literally just pour the kettle on it, which I'm sure, I'm sure Jack is listening and thinking, because he <laughs> probably will make the cream of rice way better than me. And to be honest, the other cream of rices, I was probably just making them wrong to take, make them taste horrible. So must admit, if, if you like the other ones, then go for it. But I do urge you that upon your next order of cream of rice, you do give it a shot because I wouldn't say that something's different unless it actually is. And I've been having the other cream of rices for a long time post-workout. And to be honest, I didn't even know why I was having them because I never really enjoyed them. I just ate it. And now I actually look forward to the meal, which is always nice when you're dieting to sort of have something that finish a workout and you're like, mm, tucking into some, some, some cream of rice rather than some flavoured sand. So what one do you have? Do you have the salted caramel one and the triple I've only tried chocolate? The triple, I've only tried the triple chock at the moment, mate. So I cannot speak of the salted caramel, but I have some in the uh, in the garage ready to be um, ready to be taste tested. So I might do that tomorrow. JP says he prefers the uh, the salted caramel one. So Does it? depends what you like. I'm a big chocolate fan anyway, so I think I'd go with the triple chocolate one if I had to pick the two. See, the thing is, I, I'm just I'm I, I'm confused. I'm perplexed as to what way. Oh yeah, maybe he's mixing it with salted caramel way. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, obviously, the, the triple chocolate, you have a little bit more diversity in terms of the ways you can mix with it. Because salted caramel, you, a, choc- a chocolate whey might taste a bit odd, so I'm not sure. I mean... Oh. Sorry, mate, you froze. What way are you using at the moment? Uh, I'm using the JP Isolate in salted caramel for some things and then the chocolate for the cream of rice yeah nice. good stuff so, and it is it's good it's a, it's a good way it's um mm-hmm. but then again like i'm not gonna lie it's it, it's a high quality way but there's loads of other high quality ways on the market but it's still a high quality way don't get me wrong but the cream of rice when i'm talking about it, honestly it is different it is it is like they've made it in a factory where there is no sand and there is only cream. <laughs> well, hopefully after this, people go and buy it because you've said that. If, I if think people they will. I don't, don't go and buy it after this podcast, there is something wrong with them. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, so one more question. We'll see if we can get one decent question. Not ah. I've lost my bank card. Um, ah, um, shit, isn't they? These ones, these are shit. Okay, is there a positive you've found being in lockdown with training and nutrition? Any positives from that? Positive. What a positive of not being allowed to venture freely around the shops. A positive of not being able to train in the gym. Uh, I'm struggling to find one, to be honest. Training and nutrition. I mean, training when I was training in the garage, it really brought me down to basics and made me appreciate how much I love training. I didn't get any benefit from a nutritional perspective. I must admit. I mean, I didn't, didn't assimilate food any better in lockdown. Um, I don't think, I don't think it had any, any benefit on my blood glucose. Um, <laughs> I think if anything, it, it, it rocketed it. it. It shot it up through the stress of not being allowed to go to the cinema um by the way cinemas open at the end of the month don't they so 
Yep. I don't know whether you got the email from Cineworld, but they're opening up, so better go catch up with all the movies and just surround yourself with healthy people. <laughs> I doubt I'd go straight away anyway. Um, I think to answer that question, just surprise myself with how creative I can be, you know, building that squat rack, still oh, standing yeah. somehow. Actually building, stuff, aren't you, mate? I'm a bit of a DIY man, so I've seen someone sell like the same rack as me online on eBay for 120 quid. So I might make that as a little business, you know. A bit late now, probably, but could have started that at the beginning. And uh, yeah, that video on YouTube that I did over 100,000 views on that fucking piece of shit of making that little wooden thing. So it just goes to show that you can be craven. And you know, there's a lot of people that message you and knock down like, oh, I can't do this. Um, I'm only using bands and they're feeling sorry for themselves I, my reply you know I'm, I'm just straight to the point like fucking do something about it like, stop sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself invest into it you can be creative like I made five kilo plates from bloody cement cost me ten pound or something like that so there are ways around it just people are not willing to do that aspect of things and you wonder why you don't make progress and you wonder why you're small for the rest of your life so yeah that wound me up a little bit but it is what it is. It is what it is. Yep. Should we wrap things up then, mate? I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, it's been good. Been good to catch up and good to talk about your prep and where you're at. And hopefully we can do this more frequently so people can keep up to date. Because <clears throat> how many weeks are you at now? 14? 13? It'll be 15. That's 15. 15, like literally like yesterday. So 15, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah try and keep these up today and as you get close to the show i'm sure more people are going to be interested because believe it or not last year on my prep i was still watching or listening to yours and vicky's from 2017 prep um little things like that you know so i'm sure people would find it interesting to know exactly what you're doing close to the shows and, and stuff like that so i think yeah, what definitely. i'm going to do is i'm literally like i'm not going to call this anything all i'm going to do is i'm going to say 15 weeks out and then i'm going to put i've just typed it right now i'm just going to put two little things that we kind of hovered on so I've put 15 weeks out, JP sponsorship and staying natural. And that's, I'm just going to put that up like that. And then the background, the, the thumbnail can just be this and then just whack we'll it up. All just... that. Oh, look at that. I don't want to do that. Got, mate, I've, we I've... forgot to do, we've got to talk about arm days. Next day will be, next one will be arm days. Next one will be arm days. <laughs> we can talk about arm days in the next one. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully catch you in the next one. Peace See out. Thank you.